Welcome back to Corey and Lowry, episode number 111, and we are back in Charlotte, North Carolina on an absolutely beautiful day here, February the 14th, 2023. Happy Valentine's Day to all. And Sam, uh, just how are you doing? You know, you know, breaking into your, both of our, I guess, respective sports seasons, um, you know, I've heard you've had some pretty uh, difficult tryouts so far. Yeah, uh, the uh, the sprints have been getting me, um, but you know, it's part of the game, so I can't complain. I mean, that's just the way it is, you know. Lacrosse, very demanding sport. And, you know, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, Mister Sam Carter? All right, uh, Sam. Since it is Valentine's Day, we gotta break out a classic question. The little, um, I guess you, I don't even know what you would call them, type of candy. The candy hearts, Valentine's hearts, rate them as a candy and all include gummies, hard candy, everything. On a scale of one to ten, where do those stack up? Honestly, man, they're like a one. I mean, they don't taste, Whoa, they don't taste that good. I mean, comparatively to all the other candies that exist, they, they really just suck. Wow. I'm going to go like six. Like, they could be a medicine. and So you're saying, like, you would, if you saw one, like, you wouldn't eat it? Mm-mm. Like, I have to pay you to eat one? No. I mean, they just wouldn't be my first choice. So maybe not, maybe a one is a bit of an overreaction. No. Like, I black licorice is totally not, worse than that. not good at all. So they can be like a four. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, a Tums is tastier than, than a candy. Yeah, you might you have a point. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with six here. But, um, you know, that is you make a good point. A Tums might be tastier. So, it says a lot. Well, uh, once you uh, have, uh, you know, stopped choking on the uh, chalk coming out of your mouth once you're eating all those candy hearts, uh, you can talk about the Super Bowl. And we had a fantastic Super Bowl, um, you know, Super Bowl number 58, Kansas City Chiefs 38, Eagles 35. Mahomes and company win their second Super Bowl in four years in uh, three appearances. But first, let's kick it to the halftime show, which Sam called the greatest halftime show ever when he watched it. Uh, Sam, do you hold that opinion? Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's the best halftime show ever, but it's the best halftime show, you know, that I've seen. Um, you know, and that's saying a lot considering last year's with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Um, you know, I'm not even really a Rihanna fan. I don't listen to her music. But that, I mean, it was just different. I mean. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely in performance plus the added controversy of her stealing, um, you know, a song. It was, it was everything all wrapped into one. You know, in a, inside of a great game. Um, so, yeah, I give her props. It was definitely one for the ages. Um, but let's talk about the actual game. And the Eagles held serve very early. Uh, the Chiefs got that um, scoop and score that really kept them in the game uh, in the first half. But they come back, scoring every possession in the second half. And, of course, like all close games, we got to talk about the call at the end. The holding call. Uh, Mr. Sam Carter, your thoughts on that holding call? on the third down at the end of the game. 
It was a terrible call. I mean, from what I saw, I wasn't watching very intently, but it looked like the Eagles guy just touched the receiver's back. Mm-hmm. Like, no jersey pull. I mean, I mean that would be a missed call. Like, that would be a bad call in, you know, a midseason game where both teams are, you know, three and three. I mean, come on now. In the Super Bowl? Yeah, well, to to be fair, James Bradbury, former Panther, uh, the Eagle who committed the alleged violation, did admit that he believed it was holding. Um, you know, it's tough to see just because he's holding onto his back, you know, exactly what happened. Um, did it, I mean, it did affect the outcome of the game in a major way. So I feel like even if it was kind of the right call, I feel like you don't call it. Right, and you give the Eagles a chance, um, but certainly a Super Bowl for the ages. Um, definitely ranking high up there, just in, in terms of the intensity. Um, a great offensive battle here between two young quarterbacks, totally delivered. Um, but let's talk um, first. And let's go back to the rating scale, Sam. You put Candy Hearts at a one, then you moved it up to a three reluctantly. Uh, where does the Super Bowl rank on the uh, one to ten scale of Mr. Sam Carter, the Oracle of Sam Carter, as some say? I'm gonna say an eight, just because of the kind of lackluster end, and I'm not attributing that completely to that uh, call. Um, but you know, also I feel like the commercials weren't that funny. I mean, mm. there were a few that got me, but. As a whole. And, I mean, the game was great up until the end. So, Yeah, kind of an anticlimactic ending. I agree with Sam's assessment here. Um, you could go nine just because of the excitement. Um, but I agree. I think I'm going to go eight just because there's, there's not one play that is like a positive, like, wow, that was just like the best play of the game. Yeah. Um, but a game-winning field goal nonetheless. Um, clutch kicking. On the part of uh, Harrison Butker, and uh, she's good done. And now comes the question: um, the legacy of these Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, kind of that core group. Um, Sam, is this team a dynasty by your assessment? You know, I think um, Patrick Mahomes kind of said it best. In, the, in his post-game interview, he said, you know, we're not a dynasty yet because we're not done. You know, I think dynasties only get, you know, kind of looked at as a dynasty when when their winning reign is kind of over. Um, I, th- I think that three Super Bowls makes you a dynasty, though. To, to be in three Super Bowls makes you a dynasty? No, to win three Super Bowls. Okay, so you're saying they, gotta, they have to win another. Yeah, to be considered. I mean, they they certainly have a, a ton of competition in the AFC, though. So mm-hmm. nothing is guaranteed in this situation. Um, I'm gonna say they are a dynasty at this point. Um, for Patrick Mahomes to be the five years that he started to never come short of making the conference championship is an unbelievable achievement. Yeah, they did. They lost the first one in overtime, the second one to a game-winning field goal. They did get crushed in that Super Bowl to the to the uh, Buccaneers, excuse me. 
Um, but I feel this is a dynasty. Um, but maybe I'm just over-assessing it because maybe I wouldn't consider them if it was like this is the end right now. Because I definitely think this team is going to keep going. Um, but the Bengals are looming. And uh, let's just talk about the future of the Eagles, Sam. You know, obviously a very, relatively young core with Jalen Hurts at the helm. He had a tremendous game with those three rushing touchdowns. Uh, A.J. Brown, obviously former Heisman, Devonta Smith. Um, do you see that this, uh, you know, next year, are we in for, you know, a potential repeat of these two teams in the Super Bowl? You think that's a real possibility? Um, yeah, I could definitely see the Chiefs making it back. And I do think the Eagles will go far, but I think there will be sort of a drop-off for the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, they kind of all magically clicked together. Um, so it's difficult to assess that right now. Um, but I really feel like the Eagles played the better game here. Um, unfortunate to have that scoop and score. I think that was the difference, you know. And then for the Chiefs to get the momentum back and um, – you know, just absolutely decimate the Eagles' defense in the second half. You know, a lot of questions kind of remain on, you know, was this all kind of a mirage? But uh, next season, I guess, will uh, be the tail of the tape. And uh, final question uh, to wrap up our NFL season, uh, Mr. Sam Carter, is the uh, the question of Patrick Mahomes. Is he, in your by your estimation, a top three quarterback of all time behind um, Tom Brady and Joe Montana. Obviously, he would be surpassing the likes of Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Troy Aikman, uh, Bart Starr, I guess could be in that conversation as well, Terry Bradshaw, um, four-time Super Bowl champion. Is Patrick Mahomes a top three quarterback right now, ever? Uh, No. Um, He's great, and I think they – Eventually, he will finish up there, but I I hate to, you know, like he's so young, like he could totally just destroy his career by being an a-hole. Obviously, I don't see this happening, but like what if he just like went off the deep end Cam Newton style? And yeah, it's very true. Yeah. I think that he has already built a legacy and he can still destroy it. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, it's too early to assess that. Uh, Stephen A. Smith did say he was the top three quarterback of all time. I think that's a bold step that is bold. Um, given uh, the situation. But he has certainly proven to be one of the most consistent we've seen since Tom Brady. Um, but before we do uh, jump over to the NBA, which obviously is going to have a lot of action, uh, I do want to mention, um, obviously get, get hyped uh, for Stephen Cole coming on March 28th. Um, the MLB announced uh, three new rule changes, um, so that'll be right in the conversation. So just a little plug of that uh, coming up in about a month. Um, but to, to put it simply, um, the city of Phoenix, Arizona, experienced uh, the most sports action in a week that any city probably has, I mean, in a very long time. Obviously, with the Super Bowl this past week, um, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, one of the PJ Tours' uh, most fascinating snops. And then Mr. Kevin Durant has been traded to the Phoenix Suns. Um, unfortunately, we were a day late and missed it, um, but he has not played a game yet. So we haven't really missed much. But um, the power balance has shifted back to the Western Conference. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant loaded up, ready for a playoff run, uh, you know, for all the ages. 
And, uh, you know, we're we're here in the situation where the NBA has really heated up. First, though, um, let's let's take it to the Charlotte Hornets. You know, got to give the Hornets the respect, the hometown team. They did get a nice win last night um, against the Hawks. They put up 144. LaMelo played tremendously, 30-15. Uh, and 15. Um, So great game by LaMelo. Uh, but the Hornets are tanking. I mean, it, it's clear. Um, Sam knows it. Your grandma knows it. Yeah. And uh, probably the squirrels in Charlotte know it. The Hornets are terrible. But, um, you know, it is what it is. And uh, we'll be waiting for the draft lottery patiently in, uh, in May. Um, but now we have to talk. Sam, I said that, I said that a little bit aggressively like I was your, your principal yeah. or something. But we do, we do have, to, we have to break this down because now the power bounce shifted. We got Katie and Kyrie, you know, leaving the Nets, leaving Ben Simmons behind. You know, switching kind of the power balance to the West. I still think the Celtics are the best team in the NBA, but we have a we have a a big problem here in that this we had the Nuggets who are already playing spectacular basketball, the Grizzlies who are very confident young team, uh, the Kings still holding that third position, uh, the Clippers who are rejuvenated, um, the Suns you know added Kevin Durant, uh, the Mavericks have added Kyrie Irving. The Lakers have, you know, added Rui Hachimura, as well as um, D'Angelo Russell. Um, you know, just a whole lot um, to cover here. And let me ask you right now, Sam, of all those teams I just listed, who do you think, when it comes to playoff time, and we lace them up, and it's just, you know, best of seven series, who do you think right now should be the favorite to win the Western Conference? Um, I think we've seen it before. Uh, the Suns were good without Kevin Durant, as were the Warriors. Um, you know, I think that, I mean, it's it, it's kind of hard just because there's no telling how it'll play out. But um, I think that just from a very, you know, uneducated perspective, that is... I think that the Suns would be the team to beat. Um, I completely agree. But I do think there is a lot of volatility in the situation. Um, you know, Phoenix is an extremely fat, fragile team. You have Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, yeah. two of the most injury-prone players in the NBA. Um, if one of them goes down in a playoff series, that can spell doom, especially Chris Paul, given how he's kind of the glue of that team. They have very minimal depth. I think it's kind of like... It's kind of like when you got those uh, egg on the spoon races, and uh, you know you're in the lead, but you're stumbling to the finish, and you're trying not to break the egg. I think that's going to be kind of the situation for the Suns. I don't think it'll be an easy road by any means, just given how talented this Western Conference is. Um, but you know, it's just got it's gotten crazy. Um, the Kyrie Irving experiment has gone very well um, in his first few games. Let me just pull up his statistics. Um, so far in his time in Dallas. They did get a win at Sacramento, which was pretty nice. Um, but he's played four games, averaging 28.3 points per game, as well as seven assists. So he's playing spectacularly. It's kind of been like a trade-off of iso ball, which I don't know how well it's going to work in the playoffs. But he's been very efficient so far in Dallas. And it could just be a new environment. You know, when you get, get brand-new basketball shoes, you play a little better. Um, so we'll see how well that works long-term. 
Um, All-Star break coming up this weekend um, in Utah. And, uh, you know, obviously tune into the dunk contest. I don't even know who's in the dunk contest this year. It's kind of flown way under the radar. Um, but let's, let's pull it up and see uh, if we can get an updated list. All right, we're back. I found the list. Um, sorry about that, but I, I didn't have it ready. But I have it ready now. Um, K.J. Martin, um, son of Kenyon Martin from the Houston Rockets, uh, will be representing uh, that first spot in the dunk contest. Then Mac McClung, um, the former high school dunking star. He's about six foot two, so it'll be an interesting matchup to see how you know he plays you know in that kind of a smaller role. It's been difficult for smaller players to win the dunk contest. Trey Murphy from the New from the New Orleans Pelicans, um, kind of a bench warmer, and then Jericho Sims uh, from the New York Knicks. Now, Sam, obviously, no big names in the dunk contest. A lot of big name players risk injury and kind of they don't want to lose to a smaller name player. And um, I just got to ask you, Sam, how do you think the dunk contest can earn kind of a revitalization? If those bigger name guys join the dunk contest, I mean. Nobody wants to see Matt McClung dunk. I mean, I don't even know who that dude is or who he plays for. Like, Matt McClung? Matt, on, it is, now, Matt, it is Matt McClung. Even worse. Even worse. I don't even know his name. Um, yeah, I think there's a real problem with the dunk contest. I think it's kind of lost its its luster. But I think it just goes through cycles. Um you know, I think Zion would have been a nice addition, but obviously yeah. he's injured currently with a foot injury, um, per usual. Put but, John Morant in it. Yeah, but the problem is, Sam, is Ja doesn't want to lose to somebody who's worse than him. Like, if John Morant loses to Mac McClung, how does it look for John Morant? Okay, well, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, so. <laughs> that is true, but uh, I guess he's saying the, the shot. Lame. That's lame. It is lame. Michael Jordan did it. Michael Jordan Carter did it. Never LeBron though. Um, we didn't get to see Kobe do it. I think it's just it's tough. It's difficult. I mean, if Spud Webb can do it, then John Morant can do it. Yeah, but it is difficult to practice dunks and take these are when you want to be taking time off to put in the extra work. But I mean, maybe uh, if, if it's not that big of a deal anymore, do you really want to put in the work? So it's kind of a, a double-edged uh, sword there. Um, but, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, fun festivities. Got three-point contest, Damian Lillard back. Um, you know, I don't know that we'll see Steph, um, given his injury. It, that's a, t- a TBD, to be determined, as they say. Um, but just uh, should be a fun weekend of, you know, kind of the – just the break in the NBA, start to really wind it up um, as we get into the, the matchup right at the All-Star break. We get to see Suns versus Mavericks, um, the Kevin Durant-Kyrie clash. Um, so that'll be very interesting. Um, but just kind of the reset, get back in that NBA mode. Um, we do want to congr- congratulate uh, Mr. LeBron James for surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the NBA's all-time leading regular season scorer. Uh, Kareem did not appear to be too happy about it, however. Um, so there's that storyline. I mean, he was upset. If you watch the videos, he was, he was not happy at all to be there. Um, but one interesting thing I did see is like, when you look at the crowd, when like they took the photo of when he like released the shot, 
everybody's on their phone, but Phil Knight. I thought that was pretty interesting. The witness. Well, it's so ridiculous. I mean, just watch it. I mean, I there's going to be 10 million videos after. I guess. I guess you're right. Well, you know, Phil Knight, I guess, is the uh, the realist of them all um, that night. But uh, he played a spectacular game. The Lakers did lose that game to the Thunder. But um, what an achievement and a testament uh, to his longevity, as I've said in the past. Um, but let's break it over here, um, over to college basketball. And uh, the Tar Heels have fallen. The, the wheels have fallen off the train. The wheels have fallen off the tracks. Um, 16 and 10 uh, with the loss to Wake Forest and then beating Clemson in a nice fashion. I was thinking, okay, we got a little, got a little bit of a, you know, hope, but then you lose to Miami at home in a winnable game. Just Pete Nance playing terribly. The chemistry problems are obviously there. Um, it's kind of building back, but this this team is a bubble team officially. There's no doubt about it. Um, the the thought of the NIT definitely can creep into your minds of um, you know of Tar Heel fans, and it's it's tough to see given the way this team was promoted at the beginning of the season. Um, but next week, um, just the one game since you had three games in our last cycle, just one game at NC State, critical one to win. If you can win that game might be able to secure a spot in the NCAA tournament. For now, I think that would, that would go a long way uh, to get a ranked win. Uh, but Sam, why don't you tell us what's going on uh, with Clemson this past week? Um, you know, sort of the same with Carolina. But uh, obviously, North Carolina beat Clemson. Uh, that was a terrible game. Um, I didn't even bother to update Clemson's stats this week. Um it's it's been rough. Three losses, I believe, to North Carolina, Boston College, and Miami. Um, it's been rough, but uh, still, they're still in fourth in the ACC. So, I mean, they have yeah. they have such they have such a big lead built up that they're still in an all right position. But yeah, the three losses in a row. That's that's going to put. Is, it put it, it doesn't. There's no signs of life. You know. Right. There's no there's no light at the end of the at the end of the tunnel. No. Well, uh, UNC has fallen to eight and seven in conference play, officially in ninth place. It is a uh, we are in dangerous territory here. I think the NIT is a real possibility. Look out! Uh, but in uh, other news, uh, Alabama has taken the number one. Uh, spot for the first time in 20 years. So congratulations to the Crimson Tide. Got a huge win over Auburn in a tough environment this past weekend. Um, you know, we saw Purdue lose again, uh, this time to Northwestern. Um, but, you know, not a great team out there. You saw Texas lose to Texas Tech last night on Big Monday. So really just not a clear number one out there. Obviously, you would say Alabama, I mean, they're the number one team, but they almost lost to North Carolina. So you just look at there's just so much parity uh, this year. I think we're going to see a lot of really bad brackets. Um, so certainly be interesting when it comes to tournament time. Uh, but the Tar got to step it up. Need this win against the Pack on Saturday. This is this is a must. I think that if you lose this game, you go to 11 losses. You can't let it get worse than like 13 losses at the end of the season. 
Like if you're like if you're 17 and 13, I don't know. Without a quad one win right now, too. So yeah. danger levels are at a maximum. But I think Clemson is kind of in a similar situation. So dire, 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 dire docs, as they say. Well, Sam, uh, another kind of uh, depressing episode to end up with college basketball. But we saw an incredible Super Bowl, incredible halftime performance, and uh, some great NBA trades. So overall, I would say a very positive sports week. And uh, maybe we'll see a nice dunk. Maybe Matt McClung will uh, wow Sam with just the most incredible dunk he's ever seen in his life. All right. Well, that's going to about do it for episode number 111 of Cardinal Lowry. And here from us next Tuesday.